Chapter 31 of Hayworth's. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hayworth's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Hayworth's Defender. Mrs. Hayworth made her way along the street with weak and lagging steps. She had been a brisk walker in the days of her country life, and even now was fonder of going here and there on foot rather than riding in state as her son would have preferred but now the way before her seemed long she knew where she was going there's one of em as knows and will tell me she said to herself she can't have no cruel feelin against him being a lady and knowin him so well and if it's true not as i believe it jem my dear for i don't she'll break it to me gentle not as i believe jem my dear for i don't she said to herself again and again her mind went back to the first hour of his life when he lay a strong-lipped child on her weak arm the one comfort given to her out of a wretched marriage she thought of him again as a lad growing and thriving in spite of hunger and cold growing and thriving in spite of cruelty and wrong which broke her health and threw her helpless upon charity he had been sharper and bolder than other boys and always steadfast to his determination he was always good to me she said child and man he's never forgot me or been unmindful if there'd been wrong in his life who'd have been liker to see it than me it was to rachel french she was going and when at last she reached the end of her journey and was walking up the pathway to the house rachel french who stood at the window saw her and was moved to wonder by her pallor and feebleness the spring sunshine was so bright outside that the room seemed quite dark when she came into it and even after she had seated herself the only light in it seemed to emanate from the figure of miss french herself who stood opposite her in a dress of some thin white stuff and with strongly fragrant yellow hyacinths at her neck and in her hand you are tired she said you should not have walked the woman looked up at her timidly it isn't that she answered it's something else she suddenly stretched forth her hands into the light i've come to hear about my boy she said i want to hear from one as knows the truth and will tell me miss french was not of a sympathetic nature few young women possessed more nerve and self-poise at trying times and she had not at any previous period been specially touched by mrs hayworth but just now she was singularly distressed what do you want to know she asked that i can tell you she was not prepared for what happened next and lost a little placidity through it the simple loving creature fell at her feet and caught hold of her dress sobbing he's thirty-three years old she cried and i never seen the day when he's give me a hurt he's been the pride of my life and the hope of it i've looked up to him and prayed for him and believed in him and they say he's black with shameful sin and i don't know him nor never did for he's deceived me from the first the yellow hyacinths fell from his french's hand on the carpet and she looked down at them instead of at the upturned face who said it she asked but she was not answered if it's true not that i believe it for i don't if it's true what is there left for me as loved and honoured him where's my son has paid me for all i bore he's never been he's never been at all i've never been his mother nor he's never been my son if it's true not as i believe it for i don't where is he miss french bent down and picked up her hyacinths she wondered as she bent down what her reply would be will you believe me she asked as she rose up again yes ma'am she was answered i know i may do it thank god yes you may said miss french without flinching in the least i can have no feeling for or against him i can have no end to serve one way or the other it is not true it is a lie he is all you have believed she helped her to rise and made her sit down again in an easy chair and then herself withdrew a little and stood leaning against the window looking at her he has done more good in broxton than any other man who lives she said he has made it what it is 
the people who hate him and speak ill of him are those he has benefited most it is the way of their class i have heard before and now i believe it to be true they have said worse things of men who deserve them as little as he does he has enemies whom he has conquered and they will never forgive him she discovered a good many things to say having once begun and she actually found a kind of epicurean enjoyment in saying them in a manner the most telling she always liked to do a thing very well but notwithstanding this this time seemed rather long before she was left alone to think the matter over before she had said many words her visitor was another woman life's color came back to her and she sat crying softly tears of sheer joy and relief i knowed it couldn't be true she said i knowed it and oh thank you ma'am with all a mother's heart to think she said smiling and sobbing as i should have been so wicked as to let it weigh on me when i knowed so well as it couldn't never be i should be almost shamed to look him in the face if i didn't know how good he was and how ready he'd be to forgive me when at last she was gone miss french threw herself into the chair she had left rather languidly she was positively tired as she did so she heard a sound she rose hastily and turned toward the folding doors leading into the adjoining room they had been partially closed and as she turned they were pushed aside and someone came through them it was jem hayworth he was haggard and dishevelled and as he approached her he walked unsteadily i was in here through it all he said and i heard every word she was herself again at once she knew she had not been herself ten minutes before well she said he came up and stood near her an almost abject tremor upon him will you listen to what i have to say he said she made a cold gesture of assent if she'd gone to summon her what they had to tell he said it would have killed her it's well she came here she saw the dark color rush to his face and knew what was coming it's all true by he burst out every word of it when i was in there he went on with a gesture toward the other room i swore i'd tell you make the best and the worst of it it's all true that and more he sat down in a chair and rested his forehead on his hands things has begun to go agin me he said they never did before i've been used to tell myself there was a kind of luck in keeping it hid from her the day it comes on her full force i'm done for i said in there you should know at least it's all true i knew it was true remarked miss french all the time you knew he cried out you i have known it from the first she answered did you think it was a secret he turned hot and cold as he looked at her then by george you'd a reason for saying what you did what was it she remained silent looking out of the open window across the flower-bright garden she watched a couple of yellow butterflies eddying above a purple hyacinth for several seconds before she spoke and then did so slowly and absently i don't know the reason she said it was a strange thing for me to do it wasn't to save me aught he returned that's plain enough no she answered it was not to save you i am not given to pitying people but i think that for the time i wanted to save her it was a strange thing she said softly for me to do End of chapter 31